Hey everyone, before we jump into today's podcast, a couple of quick announcements. We have two, I guess two of our bigger events coming up. It's uh, Saturday, May 12th is the next Your Life, Your Terms event. So this started with about I, I got to say like 30, maybe 40 people uh, in the room. Um, this was investors that we were working with where we brought our accountant out to talk about some tax strategies and everybody's feedback was like, wow, that was pretty good. You know, why don't you guys share some of the things that you guys are seeing on the streets around real estate and bring out your accountant again in a few months and we'll do it again. We'd love to come out. So we started doing this three or four times a year and it, uh, it really turned into something that people really began to like. And we do it for ex- pretty much exclusively for Rockstar members. We do open a few spots to non-Rockstar members up. Um, so if it's something that you want to come and check out, it's now grown into something much bigger than 30 or 40 people in the room. I think the last one was our... Our, our biggest one yet, which we had right around 700 people in the room. So uh, it's it's definitely taken on a life of its own. So these are things we do now three times a year. They're called the Your Life, Your Terms event. On this one on Saturday, May 12th, it's going to be at a banquet hall in uh, in Mississauga called the Versailles Convention Center. Um, but the topics are going to be... Um, the Rockstar Economic Update, which we have a lot of fun talking about, uh, or where we have a lot of fun talking about interest rates and uh, how those uh, global macroeconomic trends are going to affect us on the streets as real estate investors right here in the greater Toronto and Golden Horseshoe area. So we, I'm laughing because we have a lot of fun with that. I'm not sure why we have a lot of fun with it because there's a lot of uh, scary data that we put into that, but it, uh, it's turned into a really fun thing for us to do. And it looks like it's always well received, so that's that's great. Um, we we are right in the middle of a, a, a pos- releasing possibly a new investor tool for investors. Uh, that's not finalized yet, so I'm not going to give more details than that. Um, where we have um, a talk about protecting your investment. Um, so we're going to be doing um, a pretty thorough update on the marijuana, mara, marijuana legislation and the new Ontario Standard lease um, at the event. We're going to be giving a business talk about establishing your online presence and how to do it properly to start your business or to grow an existing business. And I want to pause right here because the Your Life, Your Terms event isn't just about real estate. We're more about living life on your terms than being just about real estate. So to live life on our terms, we've happened to realize that real estate is an amazing vehicle to help us get there. Um, there's a lot of you know financial leverage that you get with real estate. And when you manage it properly over years, it's, it's obviously a really good financial tool, or, or that's our bias anyway, that we believe it is. Um, but we definitely are more than just about real estate. So at these events, we also talk about things that we think um, can really be applied in our families to ourselves and help ourselves grow in many different ways. And that's why we have, sometimes we have different marketing talks, different business building talks, and we're doing one of them there. Um, this is where we share you know, actual on the street stuff of what we're doing and what we wish people had told us when we started. Um, there's gonna be an RRSP investing talk. We're gonna be talking about the growth of private capital markets and what to look out for in them. Um, at this event, we're going to be talking about investing in joint ventures. There's some legal and tax strategy updates that everybody should be aware of. We're going to be doing a local market update, which is an on the streets look at what's happening in the different markets all around the golden horseshoe. And, um, we're, we're going to have somebody come in talking about the imposter syndrome syndrome. Um, this is good. The, the name of the talk is the imposter syndrome. Are you really faking it, making it, or just lying about it? I don't want to give you more about this talk because I want to, uh, it, the, uh, uh, I want it to be a surprise. Some people are definitely going to 
um, know this person's story uh, that kind of went viral in Canada. Um, so we'll just leave it at that. But those are the main topics. And I think the best part about the events is really the people there. You know, at every table, there's going to be actual action taking real estate investors. That's what we're most proud about, proud of. And I'll tell you, it's a great group of people at the Your Life, Your Terms event. Somehow, the quality of the people in that room has it's almost like it's made an invisible force field to keep all the negative people in the world away from us. So I just want to thank you. If you're a rockstar member listening to this, it's you who make the quality of that room. Like we're just constantly blown away at the quality of people there. Um, and it really acts as a shield, keeping people out who don't fit with the right positive mindset and don't think, you know, um, they could fit into a group like that. So it's, 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 it's really become a positive thing where everybody's networking and supporting each other, trading contacts. Um, it's really turned into something more than, than just, you know, a, a Saturday morning event. So uh, we're really thankful for that. So that's on Saturday, May 12th. If you're a Rockstar member, you're getting blasted with reminders about this thing. If you haven't registered, I don't even know what we're at. We're, I, I think we're well over 500 already and we haven't really even been pushing this yet. Um, so we do have a hard cap in this place. So we are going to cap out. I'll tell you right now. So if you're a Rockstar member, you have priority, but you got to tell us now. We have opened up some seats. So just contact the office if you haven't registered yet. And we do have some seats we've opened up to non-Rockstar members. If you want to check out the details, the URL to go for for that is www.yourlifeyourtermsevent.com. So that's yourlifeyourtermsevent.com. You can check out all the details there. So that's on Saturday, May 12th. It kicks off at 8.30 sharp. Registration's at 7.30. We go hard until about 1.30, two quick breaks. We jam a lot of content in there in a short amount of time. So that's that. The next uh, big one that we have coming up is the Entrepreneur Summit in June. So we're going to go back to back May, the Your Life, Your Terms event, June. And those the dates for that are June 7th and 8th um, in Oakville. We have t This is a two full day event. So all day event, um, June 7th and June 8th. This is the Entrepreneur Summit where this is for people looking to start their own business or have an existing business that they want to grow. This is where we're sharing all the different and specific strategies on all the different media platforms that we're using. So that would include things like Facebook and YouTube and Twitter, what we're doing with podcasting now, um, what we're doing with our email list, how to cr craft offers to get new people to raise their hands and say, I'm interested in doing business with you, the importance of follow-up. So all the different strategies and tactics, and most importantly, the principles of business building. So this is stuff we could never find in the Toronto area. For years, we found a lot of rah-rah stuff, like a lot of stuff that would kind of get you motivated, which is obviously very important. But there's a stage in your business building life where you're past the motivation and you want to know the meat and potatoes, like what takes you to the next level specifically? Like how do I get new customers for my business exactly? How do I follow up with them? How do I increase the revenue in my business? How, what math in business do I even look at? So this, this is all the stuff we're doing. And this is the second year we're doing this. And because of that, we have a few great speakers that are going to come in and share um, what they're doing in the business world. And uh, people of different ages and entirely different markets. So we're, you're going to get a lot of different viewpoints. Nick and I are definitely um, giving a lot of the presentations over those two days, but we have some great people coming in to share what they're doing as well because we think they can make a major contribution. So for that, you go to, if you want more details, you go to www.rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash summit. So rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash summit. I think we have some special pricing on until about May 18th. So you want to check that out um, now and all the details are there. So there's that. Um, so now we can move on to today. 
So, and in today's podcast, and today's podcast is um, very applicable. We have Kelly Hawks coming on. Kelly Hawks um, is the vice president of legal uh, support services at a massive company that will, uh, will, she'll, she'll explain exactly what she does. Um, but they do a great, Kelly does a great job at breaking down, you know, what as investors we all need to be aware of with the new Ontario standard lease. And she's also giving us an update on the marijuana legislation. So in this podcast, Kelly Hawks breaks all that down. Um, she's great. We've, you know, we can't speak, uh, I am stuttering over all my words this morning. No coffee yet. No coffee. Um, I need my coffee. Um, but Kelly has been great to us over the years. She knows her stuff. Uh, she represents landlords really well. She knows the tenant act inside and out. So just an absolute pr- pleasure chatting with her. Um, and with that, let's cut over to the podcast. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. We are live. We are live with Kelly Hawks, Vice President of Legal Support Services Canada at Veranova. Very See, professional. Yeah, no, it's very professional. It's not like my, Thanks. what's my title? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we don't know. But right. it's definitely not, not as good as that title. <laughs> um, so, Kelly, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Um, how did you get into the legal world? Was oh. this a dream since you were in school at some point? No, I actually thought I was going to be a marine biologist. Wow. When I was that in was school. A, My wife wanted to do that, too. Yeah. She wanted to play with, I think she wanted to play with dolphins, and that was like the, like the only job that actually allows you to do that, right? Yeah, it was probably the dolphins yeah. that started it for me. I even went so far as to like get all the scuba gear and everything. Oh, wow. And then, yeah, it just took a wild change and decided that I really like law. Wow. That was it, yeah. I don't know. I've never had that <laughs> thought. I, you know, it's just such a foreign thought to me. Nick and I have this running jo- joke. We ever told Kelly this, that we just generally don't really like lawyers in general. <laughs> have we told Chris that before? Are we pretty... We pretty yeah. We've said it in a way that we, you know, it sounds like we're joking, I think. Yeah. And they don't know how serious we are. Yeah, we're serious. We <laughs> smile. But then we meet people like you, Kelly, and then, it, you know, you restore the faith. Okay, so, that's uh, good. So you went to... <laughs> uh, and then how... Yeah. I can tell you. I just started out, actually, um, a family-owned property management company approached me to work for them as a property manager. And they had about um, almost 400 residential units across the GTA. And I was able to manage it myself. So they decided that they wanted me to do even more. And they started sending me to the hearings and things like that. And, you know, life changes. I was young. I was having another child and I decided 80 hours plus a week was way too much to manage um, and I went back to school and I, hold on I, I want to go back for a second yeah you managed four. what do you mean you managed 400 units yourself yeah because that's a small their, miracle I was a, their sole property manager and they were a fantastic group of uh, people he uh, he came from Holland he had no money nothing and he bought one property in I think it was in Welland, and after that, it just started rolling, and he made some money and started buying small buildings and renovating them, and that's cool. It was a I, lot of fun. I couldn't imagine. I mean, eighty. I'm surprised you could even even at eighty hour weeks. I'm surprised you could get it done. You have to get the processes in order, and did you, you live at the tenant board? 
No, not at the beginning. Um, at the beginning, I was really immersed in really understanding how it all worked and what needed to be done. And as they started purchasing buildings, we would go out and look at them and decide what they needed to do to renovate them. And I started kicking out the people that we didn't want there anymore. And that's kind of how that started. Wow. Yeah. And I've kind of been doing that ever since. Yeah. And that's so. why. Okay. So um, then you went and handled legal stuff yourself. Now you're the VP of Legal Support Services Canada for Veranova. Mm -hmm. So that is giving you a broader reach. You have a team of people. I do. And we service law firms and lenders and landlords across Canada. Um, well, I should clarify that because mostly our landlord issues are in Ontario right now, but we are expanding the landlord representation across the country too. But all the other services are across Canada. The biggest thing on everyone's mind right now listening to this is going to be the new Ontario Standard Lease Agreement. Um, and I guess the way Nick and I have been explaining it to everyone is it's not a really big change to us, but no one seems to like that, that answer because we tell everyone it's look, this new Ontario Standard Lease, it's not that big of a deal because we were all bound by the Tenant Act already in Ontario so that if you and I were changing money for a place to live that had like a heating element or however we define a place to live, mm -hmm. even if we didn't have a written lease, we were governed by the Tenant Act in Ontario anyway. That's so right. it really doesn't ever matter what you had in your lease. And if you had this beautiful lease that you had concocted that covered everything from lawn maintenance to snow removal to all this stuff, it didn't even matter because if you ever went to the tenant board, none of that could be upheld anyway. Right. So it didn't matter. So this new Ontario lease really is just no big change. It's just the Ontario Tenant Act's version of the lease. That's is right. That, okay. So yeah. now having said that, Let's can we just address some of the components of this uh, lease? It's eight, as of April 30th, 2018, all new leases as of that date have to be on the Ontario Standard Lease Agreement. That's right. Correct. That's right. And then old leases that were signed before are fine as is. They are fine. And a lot of people have asked whether or not they can change them to the new lease, but they cannot until that lease agreement, the previous lease agreement expires or if the parties agree to. So that's, oh, those are that. residential properties, not commercial. That's right. What about what about if it's not an individual, individual unit? What if it's like a basement apartment or something? Do they still use the same thing? Yes. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Okay, so what are you hearing the biggest things? Um, I think we mentioned to you the biggest things that we're hearing from people is with this Ontario Standard Lease Agreement, it looks like we can email people now notices like N4s and L1s because on the Ontario Standard Lease, it's it's. I think there's an area on page two, I forget exactly where it says, how does the tenant prefer to be communicated by or something like that? Right. And you can put email. Um, so now can, you know, everyone can email N4s and L1s? No, absolutely not. I think it goes into um, explaining it a little further in the general information that it provides uh, that sets out that r those types of notices that have already uh, service requirements that are under the Residential Tenancies Act have to be served by those requirements. So that would include N4s, any type of notice of termination, things like that. I think that the regular communication would be uh, for use of email would be rent receipts, um, you know, how is everything going at the property. 24 hour notice, maybe 24 hour notice. Yeah. That, that kind of stuff to come and visit. Yes, yes, yeah, but not the notices of termination. Those are still those still fall under the rules of the Residential Tenancies Act and, and how they're to be served. So with this yeah. new lease, what else comes to mind for you that people are misunderstanding? Do you think of anything that people are thinking, holy smokes, and they're not getting it? 
I think that once they're forced to start using it, they'll they'll realize that it it's not difficult. It's it's quite simple. It doesn't have a lot of confusing legal words in it, and both parties really can understand what's set out in the terms of the agreement. Um, a lot of people are asking a lot of questions like you just did about the service of the documents and and things like that. But if you really sit down and read it, it's it's quite simple, um, and. I don't, you know, there's some questions about condominiums and things like that, but um, that doesn't change. If it's a condo, you still have to use the residential tenancy agreement, and they're also governed by the Condominium Act rules, which the landlord has to surprise, uh, has to provide anyway. So, you know. Nothing much changes. And so no. anything N4, L1, any notices at all, have to you have to follow the guidelines of those notices. doesn't matter what's been said in the lease. Yeah, so that just so there's no confusion, the L1 is the application that you file for rent arrears application, and that notice of hearing is actually served by the board once you go through that. So there's no obligation for the landlord to serve that notice, but any of the N notices, so the notices for termination, the N4, the N8, the N5, the N6, all those things, they still have to be served by the rules of the residential tenancy. Okay, and then Nick and I in the past have had some leases where we've gotten tenants to agree to do certain things and we've put it right in the lease. And we've known that, you know, really it's outside the tenant act, but we got the tenant to agree to it. We put it right in the lease. It made us feel good. In the back of our minds, we knew that if that ever went to the tenant board, it likely wasn't going to be enforceable. So for example, cutting the lawn or snow removal or that kind of stuff, or handling small repairs and that yeah, kind of not, thing. Yeah, not so much that. It wasn't the snow, the snow removal, but things like even taking off the garbage. Like officially, yeah, we, can't, we can't mandate, you can't mandate that the tenant, this is outrageous to me, but you can't actually mandate the tenant takes out the garbage, right? You, you have to, that was one thing that I believe I looked into. I mean, I don't think anyone kind of has a problem, that much of a problem with that, but I believe, I thought it fell on the landlord no matter what. For the garbage? Yeah. Well, would get really bad um, if they didn't take out their own. Oh garbage. no, we've had a, we've had an, a, a detached single garage that Full basically of for, oh, no. and raccoons yeah. and five all over that one. <laughs> so oh, yeah, we didn't know yeah. what we were doing. So I think we got them to pay for one eight hundred got junk to get rid of it all. Oh man, I've had to have that happen too. But after I evicted someone, but it's it's like things like uh, the snow removal and uh, the lawn care. At the end of the day, it is the landlord's responsibility mm -hmm. to to look after those things. However, some tenants are taking on that job and or um, landlords have contractors to do it or perhaps they're they're looking at, you know, having some kind of contract with the tenant. But to Nick's point, what about garbage for real? Is garbage not mandated uh, by the tenant i i honestly Nick, don't know i haven't that? heard that one before. oh really okay <laughs> i thought i looked, I into, thought I looked a new into, one i thought i looked into it a couple yeah like a, a little while like a few years ago yeah. to find that out but i could be wrong yeah, i've yeah. been wrong about a lot of stuff in my life yeah. so no I but i thought wrong. we looked into that one too and that we couldn't mandate the tenant then we thought this is ridiculous because how can we get the garbage did i ridiculous did i say ridiculous? yeah but you know what to your point i guess if it went to an extreme point like either the garbage is spilling outside of the garage or you know the neighbors are complaining because there's rats coming the city wouldn't issue a notice to the tenant yeah, they would, it would issue, issue it to, to the landlord because you own the property so yeah i would just be really Nick, proactive and not let it get, not yeah. let it get to that no point. I, I just you know what it's never really been an, a, a huge issue that one was was left over at that one time but yeah it um it, it's just always an example i use because I, I at that time i believe we look into it and it's just you know i just 
to to let people know not to be scared of not being able to have every single thing um, covered in the lease. In the lease, yes, because people are yeah. so freaked out by having the perfect lease. They think if you have they, this magical lease that all of a sudden all your problems go away. And and to your point, Tom, earlier, like it, it's really covered in in the um, what what's the act called? I Residential Re- tenancy. Yeah, act. Thank you. Sorry, I was yeah. going to say landlord yeah. tenant act. With so, the, those people who are so worried about having the purpose, the perfect lease should actually feel comfort that it's laid out for them right there. Mm-hmm. It's the other people who may be putting different things in there that that they really shouldn't be that that might have some difficulties with the transition. Okay, so that uh, so I was going to ask, can you give us an example? Because I think there's a difference between you know we we put some things in the lease to, to Tom's point where it's like, hey, the tenant's responsible for the first whatever number, couple, 200, 300, 400 dollars of repairs every every month that come up to the properties. We know that we can't evict someone based on that. It's actually not, I, you know, I, you could use the technical term legal clause, I guess. But um, but it was but, nice to have it in writing and agreed between well, two adults. It, yeah, because it sets up expectations. We're like, hey guys, like if there's a loose door handle, you get a screwdriver and tighten the screw. Yeah. You know, so that was the logic behind it and it, and it served our purposes for that. So it wasn't like a malicious bad clause putting in there and i think that's i guess where we're coming from whereas this new lease is there's no big deal because you're not doing anything malicious but i think you've seen some things like some crazy type of stuff so can you give us an example of maybe or are you not allowed i don't know can you without using sure i don't have to use any names but let's like pets is a big one um you're not allowed to say no pets uh obviously the tenant is responsible if the pet damages the property but you're not really allowed to say that they can't have pets can that's we, a, that's no, a human rights ad- issue. Can we advertise for no pets based on if it's like a, a second suite or a duplex that someone else is going to be having an allergy so we can't have pets? I forget. I thought we could. I thought we could say no pets, but then if they moved in and then got a dog or cat afterwards, we couldn't fight that. Yes. That's the human rights that they're allowed right. to get a dog. But Unless we it's actually, impacting. No, if there's someone else in the house, and they like if someone's in yeah, a second yeah, yeah. has a cat allergy, then, then it's we could. That but would we be dealt on a case-by-case case basis. But can though. we advertise for no pets, though? Sure, you can advertise for no pets, but oh, you can't but really enforce it. Really? I always thought we could. And smoking? Same thing with no smoking? So smoking is an issue that always raises a lot of hands in any kind of group discussion about it. And, you know, if... The smoking causes an issue with other tenants and disturbs their reasonable enjoyment or it's causing damage to the property or things like that, then the landlord has the ability to go after the tenant for those types of things. The Smoke Act, um, Smoke Smoke Free Ontario Act, or I, I forget the name of it now and that's really bad, but anyway, it sets out that people have the right to smoke, in, not in public and in, in their own homes and all that other kind of stuff. But some people have had success in bringing some applications to the board about smoking in the unit. But the ones that I've seen are based on the fact that they're either hurting someone's health, uh, have caused damage to the unit, or things like that okay so what, what kind of like are we talking when you say cause damage to the unit you just mean that it's smelly oh my gosh i've seen some really bad ones where they're a whole bunch of smokers in a very small unit and the walls look like yeah. they're dripping yellow those don't, are the kinds of properties nick purchases yeah don't you remember that's the <laughs> yeah, one that, that those one are that, fun to clean <laughs> up yeah. and kick people out no it's awesome yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we did that's what that yeah. one and and that that so bad no one's even living in them anymore because yeah. no one would live in them and he finds these things. Okay. <laughs> Listen, just I bought it for what was it? One, no, no, even I at know. that time, the hundred and thirty thousand yeah, yeah. dollars that we bought yeah, it yeah. for was it a, was a winner. Hey, okay. that's what they used to do with that company that I used to work with when I started in property management. They brought.
brought they bought buildings on purpose that were like that, and then they just renovated the heck out of them. Sure, raise and the so got rid of yeah, it. raise the rent, increase the value. Yeah, pretty normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so what but about, but then wait, just so I'm clear on the I'm smoking. I'm sticking up for you a lot, Nick. Yeah, yeah, yeah I but know, just I need so someone too. It's the older brother's always picking on me. That's the problem. I, just, I have older brothers so. too. They usually support me. Though. I just want to be clear on the smoking thing, though. If there's somebody else and it's a it's a duplex and the smoke is bothering the other people in the other unit. Yes. If we use an N6 to say you're disturbing the reasonable enjoyment or whatever the, the legal N5. is, is, is that the N5? Yeah. N5. What was the N6 again? I think that one's for. Something else. I feel like yeah, we use true. the N6. Okay, N5 saying you're re- you're disturbing the reasonable enjoyment of the unit. Yes. Because of your smoking, you know, there. Can't we use that to stop the smoking? Yes, if it's disturbing the reasonable enjoyment of another tenant. Yes. Okay, and then ha- what does the tenant board uh, want as proof that it is disturbing the reasonable enjoyment? Like, what does that mean? So, I mean. If it's disturbing the reasonable enjoyment, so the smoke smell goes into their unit, they have kids, or they just have health issues or things like that, then they would have to be at the hearing to speak to it. Okay, so they have to be at the hearing. Yeah. They have to sign the N5 too? No, they don't have to sign okay, the N5. Okay, we can it's sign the N5 the and serve, yep. the, serve it as the landlord, yeah. but they would have to be at the hearing. Does an sure. affidavit su- suffice? It could work, but it's always better to have the person there because then if the adjudicator has any questions that can't be answered by the affidavit, um, then the person is there. And and technically, the other side has an opportunity to question that. And if an affidavit is there, they can't really question what the affidavit says. Have you ever seen these cases or is that hypothetical? No, I've seen those. Okay. And and you've seen it where... Mostly the ones where the health is infected because someone has like asthma or something like that. And people have won on those grounds? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And what pets, same situation then. Exactly. Okay. But if somebody, but I, I'm just stuck on this thing. You can't advertise for no pets. No, you can, but you can't enforce it if they want pets in the unit. It's the same as, it's the same as people okay, so say you can't me, have someone else live in the unit. Yeah, that's you actually the other are one. not allowed to say that. Okay. You're not allowed. They can have someone there, but if that person causes a disturbance or disturbs the reasonable enjoyment of other tenants or the property of the landlord, then you can say. I just want to be clear on that one because this has happened to Nick and I multiple times where we have signed a lease with some people, uh, two people into a unit. Mm. And then all of a sudden there's three people living there because somebody's girlfriend shows up or somebody's uh, nephew or uncle and starts living there. And the other tenants next door don't like this. They complain, but really there's nothing we we found. I always thought back years ago, I always thought, well, whoever's on the lease is the only people allowed to live there, but that's not the case. No. If they invite a friend in, it could be just a friend Mm -hmm. and living there, they're allowed. As long as they're not doing anything illegal. Disturbing the reasonable enjoyment to anyone else. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you basically can't say any, you basically can advertise for no smoking, no pets and no friends, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you can't enforce <laughs> any Sounds of fun. it. Yeah. You can't, you can't enforce any of it. Really. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. But if, uh, but if you, if they disturb the reasonable enjoyment, you can. Okay. Yes. And or the, damage the property. Okay. All right. And then let's say we get someone to agree to doing snow removal is the best thing to do a separate agreement with them like a a contract between us and them separate from the lease entirely yes i have seen this before and i have heard and read of some cases that that's happened and the contract has been considered valid but it cannot have any terms related to the tenancy agreement okay period no discounts on rent or nothing like that 
Okay, go ahead. this is another big point because I think a lot of investors, you know, smaller investors, we're not talking about the big guys who own like hundreds and hundreds of apartment buildings. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about some people who own a few properties. They will sometimes discount the rent in exchange for lawn maintenance or snow. And you're saying that's not a good no, idea because... No, I, I always say no, avoid those kind of deals um, like the plague because... There are a handful of people that that works with, but with all of the cases that I've seen over the years, uh, for the most part, they don't work out. And the and and I think the big point for us is if they stop paying you the rent when you go to the landlord tenant board, you're not going to be able now to get your money back for the f- quote unquote full amount that you wanted, the undiscounted amount. You can only get the amount of arrears that's documented as the lease. So if you were going to rent out a place for $1,500 a month, but you discounted it down to 1300 because they were going to do lawn and snow or whatever. Now, if you went to the tenant board, you can only get your 1300 You can't get the fifteen. That's right. So it's better to have it as a sec, sep, complete, completely, completely separate. separate from the lease. Even if they're doing like little repairs or painting or things like that, like it, it then mm-hmm. becomes two issues. It's not just rent arrears. It's whether or not the, the painting was done well or the repairs worked or things like that. Because I've seen lots of um, circum- in instances where the tenant has said, hey, I painted. And the landlord says, oh, my gosh, it was all over the carpet and the cupboards and everything else. So I'm not discounting your rent. Well, you didn't say it was about how it was done. It was that if I painted and then it becomes two issues that they're arguing really. Okay. Right. Okay. Let's, what, let, what about if you go to the, the back to the, 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 the clause, the clauses for a second in the lease. So if you go to the landlord tenant board and you have, you have a lease and everything's normal, but you have a couple of things in there, like um, that you agree to, you know, paint every six months or you, a few hundred dollars of repairs every month, whatever it is. How does that impact your chances? I've never really seen it be an impact, it like impact us with anything. But does that reflect negatively on you as the landlord, even though you're not you're not evicting the person based on that particular clause? You're evicting them based on just non-payment of rent, let's say. Does it impact things at all? Like, does, have you no. seen the adjudicator be like, well, you have this, so the whole thing's thrown out? In the past, no. They've just basically said, well, that's not that's that's contrary to the residential tenancies act or this or that but i don't know how they're going to be cracking down going forward with the new lease yeah okay because all those things you can still put additional terms in there and when we have people asking us they're like hey we, we need a list of additional terms that we can put in in the lease and i mean maybe we're simplifying it but to me i'm like i don't know you don't really need additional terms because you basically the landlord tenant act is there's all the terms that are possible to put in there anyways that's yeah i've had that same question but then they don't really know what terms that they're wondering about yeah they just want something yeah so then when you say well you know then they say can you tell me what terms there well i'm not really sure because i guess every tenancy is different but if you can tell me what the terms are i can advise you whether or not Mm -hmm. i would put them in or not um you know I don't know, Tom. Have you heard any of the terms no, I think that they're so, saying? Sometimes people just want things like you agree that uh, you know the back door is a little bit uh, sticky and you won't be slamming sure. the back door Put and that in. that, that uh, interrupts the enjoyment of the other unit because when you slam the back door, the baby downstairs wakes up. Sure. So Put that, that ca- in. Just put it in and sure. the additional, and there's that spot for additional clauses sure. or whatever in the new Ontario Standard Lease Agreement. Yes, and it's I think it says it have to be attached to the back of the lease. And if you're going to attach a separate sheet because you have a whole bunch of terms that you're going to add, you should have the party sign that sheet as well. Got it. Because yeah. then it, it 
you know, it could, yeah, so attach it to the back, have people <clears throat> sign it. But really, that's just an excuse for me for going over with some basic maintenance of the property that you really aren't, is it not going to really serve you at the tenant board? You're just trying to get set these, expectations. You're just yeah. trying to set expectations saying, yeah. hey, there's a baby downstairs. Can you not stomp down the stairs right. when you're exiting the property because, yeah. you know, it's waking the people up, uh, the baby up or whatever? Right. That kind so of stuff. So, should we have um, put in that one lease in that one property that you guys agree to? not have sex in a loud manner when other people are eating dinner so they can hear you? The I think it was breakfast. You. Oh my gosh. Oh, was it breakfast? It was breakfast. Did we tell you about that one? Yeah. No. Oh yeah. yeah. But that makes me think yeah. of a story that I have too. They yeah. took a they <laughs> took a video of the floor of the people living above so that they could hear the noises oh, so I they could prove to us and they sent it to Tom, I think. And you were gonna, I'm like, I don't want to see that. I don't want to hear it. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> you know? So I believe you. That's great. Um, so. You know what it actually comes down to a decibel um, cause no, does yeah, it? Yeah, it does because there's like a decibel that <laughs> they use as a gauge of whether or not it's too loud for the other people. Oh man. Yeah. I had no it's idea. funny. We've done all but crazy. I've I know I had one. If you don't mind, I'll just go back to that topic yeah, there for a second. And it was, um, it was a, a girl, she was young and she was a teacher and I kept getting complaints from the tenants below her. This was years ago, and nobody knows who I'm talking about, so I feel okay saying this. So I knocked on her door, and um, I actually heard it because they caught me at the property, and they said, come now because it's really loud. And I could hear it, and I could hear music, and I thought, okay, I'll just go up and talk to her. So I went and knocked on the door, and she opened the door, and she was wearing like a workout suit, but she had installed a pole in her living room. No, <laughs> man. And it was her practicing, <laughs> oh. was, which was creating all the noise. And I was like, you're going to have to stop that. What yeah. grade do you teach, by the yeah. way? <laughs> wow. She was committed to her craft, though. She, she installed was. a pole in the living this room. This is making she me did. think everybody needs to buy a decibel meter of some yeah. sort that monitor. That's uh, funny. I can only imagine some of the investors we work with, if they knocked on the door and the door opened to someone like that with the pole in the yeah. living room, there would be some interesting comments. Oh, yeah. we've, had all, we've had people knock Actually, on people's doors with bats in their hands well, collecting some, rent. Yeah. yeah. We've always advised people, that Don't is that. not a good way to collect rent. Yeah. No. You know, one of our guys was in... Um, went to show a property to an investor this weekend. And I guess uh, th there had been notified, the appointment was confirmed. So he knocked on the door, no one answered. So he, with the lockbox, he went in, right? And he went downstairs and I guess there was, a, had been a tenant, there was a tenant there who had woken up or was sleeping or something oh. in his under very small underwear, by the way. Oh no, God. he was naked at first. Oh, was he naked <laughs> yeah, at first? completely naked. And came out, came out naked. screaming, ended up grabbing grabbing the guy on our team, grabbing his coat. At that point, oh he had gosh. underwear on. So he was first naked, and then, then he, he went put and put underwear. underwear on, which were tiny underwear, and then he grabbed Yeah, so the <laughs> investor that was with him started taking oh a video just, to, like, just in case something happened. But there's a picture so of this man, man in yeah. the underwear oh holding the guy by his coat. And it was, yeah, it was quite quite interesting. Oh my gosh. Um, okay, crazy. so I don't know where we were. We were real. Was that the we're talking about clauses? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, okay. So, yeah, you can have all the clauses in there. They are really more for just kind of care of the property, and really, that's going to be it. How? So, how does this smoking stuff coming back to the clauses impact? And and I know we've discussed this before, so I think I might know the answer. But I mean, you're you're kind of the, the specialist on this. The the marijuana stuff. I don't think much has changed since then. But for anyone that doesn't understand how these new legalization of mar you know the marijuana that is not passed yet supposed to come into effect, I think they changed it from July to August now. Um, oh, did you get that? That's that's I what just, I had heard. Yeah, I just had told Tom that I saw that they put to be determined on the date. Oh, okay. I My most August, recent so. check, but if you heard August, that's, no, this was a what? This was a few. Um, I think this, this was, was a few weeks ago. So yours is probably more updated than than, than mine. Yeah, um, I just looked on the site. 
Yeah, well, the government moves very quick at this at these things. Yeah, but okay. it's creating all sorts of problems moving too fast, right? Yeah. So, so it is. So right now, there's, I guess, nothing's changed. So like officially, marijuana is still illegal in properties, and you can evict based on anyone growing without a license. I guess growing, growing marijuana yep. or, or, as long or as smoking it's not it. Medical marijuana. Okay, and smoking yeah. it as well, right? Unless they have a prescription. That's right. But, but isn't that easy to get? Don't you get down to Queen Street and? Pay someone fifty bucks and get a prescription. I don't know. Is uh, that what it takes? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I don't know, Nick. I don't know. Maybe you tell us what it takes. <laughs> I'll let you know. I'll, I'll go for. I'll go on a scouting mission yeah, yeah, this weekend. I'll no, follow but, up. But let's face it. It's going to be legalized, and then on t- that'll be legalized federally, and then the provincial government of Ontario will come in and lay down some bylaws, I guess, to say this is the way we're going to handle it in Ontario. Provincial legislation. Provincial legislation yes. to say, and here. then municipalities can implement their own bylaws but it has to all be approved by the layers so yes the the main thing the main legislation is that it's going to be passed um and people are allowed to have four four plants in their homes they're allowed to be in public with 30 grams which is about an ounce which is a lot Man, that was big time when i was in high school the guys that had an ounce with them selling it i didn't know i didn't know it was going to be an ounce yeah Uh. they're saying 30 30 grams huh yeah okay but the individual provinces are starting to propose their own legislation about what can happen within their provinces. And Nova Scotia is actually a bit ahead of the game um, because they released that they have a proposed act that uh, I think it's like 80% or something like that of people in the province are on board with. And they're they're actually saying things like they can have four plants, but they can't grow them inside. Um, Or, you know, they can smoke it outside, but not inside. So they're already trying to get ahead of of the game, but it's only proposed and it hasn't been passed yet. But I'm hoping that, you know, with these other provinces starting to make some some roads about what's happening, that Ontario will all of a sudden just swoop right in and say, here, you guys can do this, this and this. Um, But right now we we don't have all the information. I think think a lot of landlords or smaller landlords at least are concerned with like things like utilities because they're like, oh, great. okay, they're going to have these plants. And so now my hydro bills and my water bills. And that's the one thing that we've always known, thanks to you and you helping us understand it. It's difficult to really control that at all because you have to prove that they're using like some crazy amount of electricity that's not like quote unquote normal usage. That's right. Right. And the way to do that is hard. You're going to have to show, show year over year comparisons to prove that like, oh man, there's a lot of water usage going on or there's a lot of hydro and it's just difficult. I remember in one of our student properties, one of the students, Nick, this was up at York. One of the students was basically running a laundromat out of our property because we were paying for water and hydro oh. and she was just going to make more money by washing people's clothes. Oh, that's great. And our, smart. yeah, no, it was good. I, I was actually impressed yeah. by it, yeah. but we didn't catch wind of this until our water bills and our hydro bills started, started increasing. In. And then we talked to her about it and we discovered what was happening. You know, after we talked to her, she put an end to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so wow, it wasn't that big. A little business it was a little business. And uh, I think that's what people are concerned of, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's the hardest thing for us to deal with. Correct. Yeah, it's definitely definitely going to create some challenges there. It'll be interesting to see um, how that plays out. I can't, you know, I, yeah, we I can don't only know. tell you that it's it's definitely going to be challenging. But I don't think I can't. Do you think Ontario will follow if Nova Scotia does pass that where it's like only four plants outside? I have a feeling Ontario's going to say, forget it. We're going to do what the federal government says. 
Yeah, I think they'll implement some of their own rules, but I really, I, I think maybe, honestly, it will probably be mostly around public usage and things like that and, you know, the regulations yeah. or what the, the um, what's going to happen if you're caught with it in public and things like that. Um, I'm just thinking insurance policies and like lots yeah, of Yeah, there's things. a lot of different but things But really, we're boiling it down to just to four plants. Like in the end of the day, it's four plants. Like just it's a plant. Yeah, except no, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, like no, no, I have. It. Yeah, 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 I've seen. This looks like a lot when <laughs> you look at a picture. <laughs> like, they right? can get, they yeah. can get big. Yeah. I remember, I remember They're that They're only one. allowed to get so high. Oh, really? They limit yeah, the height? Yeah, there's really? a height limit. So you can't oh. be a good farmer. You have to be a bad okay. farmer. We've had people yeah. install boxes in the middle of rooms and try to grow them in box. We've seen everything at this point. You know what, though? To me, it's the, the it's the smoking of it because... That's I, the biggest I mean, thing. I mean, if you have something where there's multiple units, the smoke is... Uh, I guess a lot of people use like vape vape, vape pens and stuff like that, mm -hmm. so there's less smoke. I know a guy that told me he actually... I mean, I mean, I know him, so I could... I, I didn't do it, so I say this. But he takes <laughs> his on the plane... And he's like, yeah, I've oh, like, really? smoked on a plane, and people don't don't know. Wow. And I'm like, well, that's risky. But anyway, so that's yeah. what he that's what he's done. But but you know, if you're smoking like like it's like thick smoke that can cause problems. It smells too. It's, it's the unknown, yeah. yeah. It, but, but that's just back to the regular smoking problems, I guess. There's also a lot of people who won't smoke it. They'll use the edibles, so oh, that yeah, won't yeah. really affect sure much. You know, and what do you, just what concerns you, about what's your feeling anyway? on backlog at landlord tenant board? Because this is just going to bring more, you know, no matter what we discuss here and no matter what's right and wrong, there's going to be landlords challenging tenants. There's going to be tenants challenging landlords all over this. I just foresee extra demand or extra pressure on the tenant boards, no? I agree. I think that it shouldn't deter landlords from being diligent about inspecting their properties to see if there's damage, um, you know, kind of keeping track of how much water is being used, utilities that are being used, whether or not they actually have more than four plants. They should, you know, maybe up the frequency of their property inspections. But as far as it goes at the board, yes, I, I believe that it's going gonna, it's gonna to create more of a backlog than they already are experiencing. And whether or not they're going to, you know, beef up their staff to manage that volume increase will be announced whenever they get. Sure. And right now we think it's it. probably this year at some point federally. Not provincially, but it's... It oh, you a, mean for the, the Cannabis Act? Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Okay. I think it will happen this okay. year. Okay. Something else I wanted to ask you about is, um, we and I've asked you this in the past, but I just this one kind of sticks with me always. If there's something that one tenant is bothering another tenant, but the tenants who it's bothering won't go on record, you as a landlord are kind of stuck in that situation. Well, you can bring evidence, but yes, it's always better to have the person there because... As I said before, with the when Nick asked about the affidavit, it's it's similar to that. The other party has the option to dispute or, you know, question the parties on what they're what they're alleging is happening. So it does tie your hands if the tenant doesn't want to speak to it or become a witness or things like that. Yeah, it does. And okay. I think you're referring to that one problem that you had yeah. before. Yeah, it's just etched in my brain. Okay. And the other yeah. one I wanted to discuss that always comes up is collecting money in arrears because a lot of people will have tenants who skip out on several months worth of rent. Yes. And through some of the services that you've done or just in Ontario, some of the legal stuff, you can take people to the uh, small claims court. Yes. Correct. Like, so can you walk us through the process? Sure. I, you know, how, how would that work? Because I think generally people are confused with that one. Sure. So I'll 
I'll talk about it in two different ways because if you already have an order for rent arrears and the tenant has either been evicted by the sheriff or has just left, um, you can actually take that order for rent arrears and transfer it over to small claims court for enforcement. Um, and how, do, how do you do that through the like how it so through I, small claims court? So you just take that that form or that judgment and you take it to small claims court and you start the process that way. It's forms that you fill out to okay. transfer it over. Okay, and it's for a particular type of enforcement. So usually, what's used in that circumstance is a garnishment of wages. So then, basically, you're just taking the order and you're transferring it over to small claims court through the enforcement office for a garnishment of their wages. But you have to know where they work. Yes, you do. Okay. But there's also uh, Dog the Bounty Hunter, no? Yes. Yeah. So we do that, though. That's the Kelly thing. Kelly has that, skip tracers. Yes. We yeah, have a whole yeah, I know the stories. Yeah. Can, yeah, you, can you share with everyone yeah. who doesn't know what a skip tracer is? These skip tracers are like investigators, and they find where people work and where they live and, you know, what they own and all things like that so, so that people creditors who they who are owed money can either seize property or garnish their wages or serve them with legal documents and we do all that so you have skip tracers on your staff yes so you could call up and say hey i'm owed this i have a judgment for garnishing wages no idea where these people are anymore can we hire one of your people to hunt them down yes yes Mm, when does it make sense to do that like what what value yeah that's actually a really good question because i like to make sure that the person understands and anyone who's contacted me knows I've had this conversation with them um, from from first contact is that is there value to it because it's going to cost you know a couple of hundred dollars or it could be a little bit more depending on what they're looking for to get this information so I would look at what the what the amount of the rent arrears are, how much it's going to cost to prepare the documents to transfer it to enforcement at small claims court and all those types of things. And really my cutoff is, is around 1500 Okay. And is, is there a risk that like, so I hire a company and, and the guy's just like, no, sorry, I can't find these guys. I mean, that's got to be a risk. There is a right? risk. Yeah. Okay. But that happens. But then, you know, people who know that someone's chasing them for money, um, they lie low for a while. This is just the nature of it. And then, you know, in six months or a year, life circumstances change and they either post on Facebook that they've got a new job or, you know, they're driving around in a car or things like that. Oh, really? And it, it can be revisited. You know, the orders from the landlord tenant board don't expire for years. So I sometimes say to the person, look, if they've hopped out and their cell phone is out, you know, they owed money for utilities and things like that, they're probably not going to be able to be found right now. Let's let's look at this in six months. Um, and, you know, it, it really only delays um, the landlord receiving the money sooner. But hey, they probably won't get it at that point anyway, because they've got nowhere to live. They have no cell phone. They have no utilities. Let's give them a chance it's funny to get back on their remember feet. There was uh, somebody at one of our last events came up to us and said in the UK, they had used some algorithms to study. A bank was trying to figure out how to predict when people were going to skip out on rent. Oh, yeah. And the number one predictor was changing cell phone numbers. Yeah. That if someone changed cell phone numbers, it. that was a sign. Bank, yeah. bank, bankruptcy. Bankruptcy was it bankruptcy? No, I don't yeah, you're right. Sorry, it was bankruptcy. Yeah. It was bankruptcy. bankruptcy. Yeah. It was bankruptcy. Yeah, Same concept though. Yeah, totally. You're changing your cell phone number because yeah. you're getting prepared yeah. to ditch that whole life and say, yes. screw it, I'm not going to take those phone calls. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's other types of enforcement too. And I know people who've talked to me about this, like bank garnishments and things like that, but I don't really recommend those. They're very... Um, they're very one shot. You get one shot at it. And if you don't 
get the account with money in it, all they do is just open an account somewhere else. And it's tricky because you have to time it just so. And it can be done. I've done it and I've been successful at it, but you need to have all the information. Um, you know, if you know when they're getting paid, uh, I can serve it on a certain date to the bank. And, you know, then I don't want to make sure that they receive the documents on the same day because they'll just go empty the account. So it's a lot of planning. It can be done and sometimes it is successful, but usually if they don't have money to pay rent, a bank garnishment is probably not the best type of enforcement that you want to go for. It's more of a, of a wage garnishment. And skip tracers, how often do you think they're successful? Uh, 50% hit rate, which is really high. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and what about the other thing I think that people are freaked out, not most investors who've invested for a while, but some who are new are damaged to property. And I always tell people, hey, from it definitely happens. Yes. But from hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, thousands of properties now that we've been through with investors, it happens less than you think. But when it does happen, what's the recourse for that? Same process? Yeah. So if you've been able to take them to the board and already have uh, an order for And, and what would you need to get the order? Do you need proof like before yes. and after pictures? Well, even, you know... Um, an inspection is important and taking photographs of the damage is really important too because it's only going to allow the adjudicator to see what it is that you're talking about and um, if you have pictures of the unit beforehand because you've you've used them to show them to rent it then that's fantastic because then you can see the comparison but it's not 100% necessary to have the before pictures Um, because really why is the landlord going to take the tenant to the board for damages when it they haven't existed. done it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, got it. Okay. Okay, um, so you can take them, you get the yeah. uh, judgment from the adjudicator at the tenant board. Yep. And then same thing? If, you, if you're if you able to do that before the tenant vacates, then yes. Um, you just, you can transfer that order over to enforce it by garnishment. Um, but if they've left and you've gone in afterwards and you see that there's tons of damage and things like that, then um, depending on how much it is, you should pursue it. And you can. You can locate them. You can commence an action in small claims, or sometimes it's more than small claims. I think I helped one of a Rockstar member, and it was more than than the small claims jurisdiction. But she decided to drop it down to the $25,000 mark because it would just cost her too much to go to Superior Court. But I've seen some significant damage. I got damage. it. Okay, so that was a big one. Yeah, it was out in Brantford. But okay. I haven't seen one that bad in a long time. Okay. We've but seen all kinds of things. We've seen hoarders. Remember that? I forget which person we were helping. Yeah, those a hoarder. are bad. Those like are all bad. those Tim Hortons cuffs. Like Tim Hortons cuffs that stuck out. Like they were like floor to ceiling stacked up. Oh, those yeah. are bad. Yeah. I yeah. remember whose property I've seen was. some too. You know the other stuff that has been really tough? Cat urine, man. Oh, that's bad. Yeah, cat urine, you can't. it's tough to get out. It's tough. Yeah. No, but we found that one guy. Remember he yeah. did that treatment? The restoration companies, a good restoration good company. Good restoration can, companies can, can get rid of it. Yeah. Yep, that's yeah. true. I mean, it costs you, but they can it get rid of you, it. But you can do it at least. Yeah, it's cheaper it. than some other options. You have to replace the material, right? So Yeah, some of them are really good at getting the smoke smell out of people's units too, but mm-hmm. it does cost a few thousand dollars. And for some of these things, we've recently seen some insurance companies have options around um, tenant vacates. You know, like uh, they're insuring for vacancies if your tenant leaves and that kind of stuff. So a, a, a landlord who's worried about some of this stuff you can actually buy insurance to cover you on damages vacancies you pay more for the insurance but some stuff it's not everywhere but it does exist out there yeah okay so um ontario standard lease april 30th the marijuana stuff we don't know 
Um, what else comes your way that you think the a first time landlord investor should be aware of? Just yeah, the, I got two questions sure. along those lines. What's yeah, yeah. the most common thing that you see that you're know, like that that you you know people just constantly ask you? And what's the most outrageous one that you've battled? The most common one I see is probably where landlords allow the tenants to move in before they've collected any kind of first and last month's oh, rent man. or had them sign any documents. Like that happens all, all the, time. the time. We see that all the time too. And it's, you know, it's because they're trying to be compassionate because the person has certain circumstances or things like that. But those things usually are a red flag. Yeah. Um, and, and just to be clear on that, because once you've passed over the keys to the unit, they, you now to, even if you've collected nothing, you now fall under the Tenancy Act and have to go through that process yes. to a victim. Yeah. So always collect first and last certified funds, bank draft, cash, gold, whatever it is, before you hand over the keys. Yeah, that, that is like that's the important. totally the biggest one. Yes. Bitcoin does Bitcoin count? Whatever you want, <laughs> whatever you whatever you want to collect it. If Bitcoin's going up, then it counts. But uh, but that's the biggest one for that's yeah. what we see as well for yeah. sure. And you said, what's the most outrageous yeah, one? Yeah, like if you've seen some, I, got, I mean, I, I know at one point you said through Veranova, you guys have someone that will, was it deliver documents? Is it a property manager or someone that will deliver documents on a dog sled? Yeah, no, we have, we also do process serving across Canada. So that's serving legal documents. And we're one of, I think, I don't even know if there's another national provider. And we are so national that we actually did have to serve documents by dog sled. That's awesome. Yeah, and an you know, I, I always thought it was so funny because people have heard me say this, but I, I was like, you know, I have to make a joke. How are we going to clock the mileage on that? You know, or <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, or a guy who's at his house way up in the middle of nowhere, not expecting anyone to knock on the door, and someone knocks on the door and he gets served like with the dog like sled the whole outside, thing. yeah, just, or with his shotgun inside. I mean, I'd be scared with those guys that are living way out there. Yeah. It, that story never gets old. It's good. Yeah. Cool. But probably the most outrageous, um, if you still. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, would, would, oh, geez, I don't know. The most outrageous. I go, okay. I know what it is. It's when a landlord serves the notice that they require the rent, the, the rental unit for personal use. Oh, got it. The tenant leaves and then they post it for rent. For rent. That's probably the most outrageous. Okay, so what happens in that situation? If the tenant wants a recourse, they go to... They have a year. Uh, where they can come back. To go back okay. and file an application to the board and request all this money back and... Because for all their costs, right? Yeah, because it's deemed that the notice was served in bad faith. And those are really tough to defend. I've had a couple of those. Um, I don't think they're a rock star people though, but I mean, they're tough. You, you really, it comes down to mitigating the, the losses against the landlord. Um, because when you've got a copy of the Kijiji ad and yeah. they've actually gone and had one of their friends to walk through the unit as though they were going to rent it, you're dead yeah, to you're rights. Not, you're yeah, caught yeah. dead to Especially rights. Especially if it's right after. Because I believe, I, I'm sure in some cases, someone could do that and legitimately change where they're going to live and the whole bit. Yeah. But most of the times when someone's doing that and it's being rented out right after, it's obvious what's happening and you're going to yeah. have a hard time fighting that. And there are some circumstances where life happens, you know, things change and you have the opportunity the landlord would have the opportunity to defend themselves if that's that's the case but really it would come down to the believability of those matters and whether or not they can prove it like I've had somebody who did that didn't move into the unit 
a couple of months later, um, posted an ad, got an application from a tenant who, you know, diligently drove by and saw that they weren't, they weren't in the unit. And the guy had all these terrible things happen to him. And he, there was just no way that he could move in. It did not make sense anymore. And he was off the hook. They believed that when he had served the notice at that time, it was in good faith. So it's, it does happen. But the other ones where it's just to get rid of the tenant, those are the ones that are probably the most outrageous. What is the process for representing yourself at the tenant board? You can represent yourself, yes. but you can't have... Remember, Nick, didn't we represent people before? I'm sure I've represented someone at the tenant board and we shouldn't have. A long but time ago. A long time ago. Like you we were, were allowed to. Yeah, because we were so going with investors and yeah. saying, hey, don't worry. I mean, we know this is scary, but we will go with you. <laughs> yeah, And you we like represented them. Um, and we were. I remember correcting the adjudicator on our lease agreements and that, that whole bit. Um, <laughs> but then we were like banned because what was it? Is it now you have to be illegal? Yeah. So yeah, who can unless, represent? Unless... You have to be a legal representative unless you are, uh, let's say, someone who works for the company. So if it's a property management company and you're the, the person who has knowledge of the file, you're you're allowed to, to represent. Okay, so it's you yourself or somebody from a property management company. That has, has knowledge, knowledge of, the, of file. the file. Outside of that, your friend can't yeah, step in for you. They can come for for wit- to be witnesses, but they can't. Yeah, got it. Yeah, and it doesn't really work the same for tenants because they're allowed to have family members there or their neighbor that knows this and that and the other thing. Um, so it, it's really only, really only landlords are held to task yeah, on that one. Yeah, got it. Okay. I always tell everyone if you haven't, because a lot of people are scared of it, I feel like it's the people's court. Like it's fun to go to <laughs> the, if you want to spend a day of entertainment, I think if you go and hang out there, you, yeah. you get over the fear of it pretty quickly. Yeah. You know, it's really great for, uh, you know, I teach classes for you guys you guys know that but um I often assist students who are getting their licenses and things like that and it's awesome when I request a a day of recordings of the hearings at the landlord tenant board and I just tell them to listen to it like it's it's entertainment it's pure entertainment when you hear a tenant and a landlord going at it and some people think oh that's so boring but it's not oh no it's awesome it's it's interesting the the best one we heard actually just to give everyone listening to this a heads up where a tenant was i thought this was pretty smart to get out and get a delay because i feel like some tenants are really good at getting extensions and delays one of the best ones we heard about was at the tenant board i don't know if they still do this but a year or two ago that you had to sign in or put your yes. name on the list, you right? You still do. Okay, you still do. And then, I don't know, the adjudicator made a decision of what order they were going to go in. I always felt people like you got better treatment than people like us because you, Kelly, <laughs> were dealing with... Nick. No, no, I'm pointing <laughs> at Kelly because Kelly had like 10 things to go through and she was all organized, whereas the like the landlord with one was always kind of delayed. Actually, but, they do try to do that, but it's, it's know, mostly because only I've witnessed to save it money. Thinking, right? And I've seen people like you and go time. up thinking, oh my God, look how many she's going through. It's like, <laughs> bam, bam, she or he. And it's just going through all this yeah. stuff. And then there's us going up there with all our paperwork and fidgeting around. But uh, this one tenant signed in. Mm-hmm. Um, then they left. Yes, that happens. And then um, the, to wait. the adjudicator was like, hey, you know what? They've signed in. They must be here. And I, everyone clearly knows what's happened here. Mm-hmm. These people have skipped out of the place. Mm-hmm. But the adjudicator's like, we're going to wait all day to see if they randomly show up. And they're like, oh, they signed in. So they get this random extension. And I feel like that's the biggest scam that the Ontario, ten- the sorry, the tenant board is allowing to happen. So what we tell everyone now is if you see your tenant there and they sign in, make sure if you see them leave it, you track them to see if they're leaving and then tell someone you just saw them leave. Yeah. So they don't get this random extension, yeah. which I think is rather ridiculous. Right. 
Um, you so this is a regular thing. You've it seen does this happen. happen. Yes, it any does. other little things like that that you've seen happen to have people watch out for, other than having your documentation straight and that whole bit. Yeah, uh, I think the other one that's really common for the tenants to do is they say um, when their hearing comes up, they wait until it's heard, and then they say, "Oh, actually, we want to go talk to the mediator." Um, yeah, so describe yeah. it. Yeah, because not everyone's aware of mediation. So you have right. the option to go talk to someone. You do. You have the option at a hearing to speak to a mediator and all the parties can reach an agreement outside of what the adjudicator might decide with your matter. And it's enforceable. And, you know, it's it's just as legitimate as any It all order. goes in writing. That's right. Everything you agree to. Yeah. And they can be different terms. And sometimes it's a better option. So at the beginning of the hearings... The adjudicator says everyone has the option to speak to duty counsel. And if you want to go talk to a mediator, uh, you're, you just put your hand up and let us know. Well, at the very beginning, you should be able to do that. But a lot of tenants wait until their matter's heard. And it's usually, you know, around 1130 when you've been there since nine. And then they say, oh, no, we really want to go to mediation. And the list is full. So you're waiting and waiting and waiting. Got it. Or they okay. say, we didn't get a chance to speak to duty council. And the duty council list is full. And they know it. So it gets delayed until yep. another date entirely. Sometimes it gets put over. Yes, it depends on how full the docket is. But sometimes, you know, it's like, let's just mediate this. And you can do it in the hallway. And then you get the mediator to do an order on consent. Those types of things. But you need to know how to but work But sometimes that. mediation... Okay, so back to why mediation is good and not a, like a workaround to escape anything. A mediation can be good because if they agree to make payments in arrears at a certain schedule, this is what we found anyway, yes. and it's all in writing, then if they breach that, it imme you immediately get an eviction order. Correct? Um, you have to know what to ask for okay. to get that. But yes, it can be enforceable if you put all the right terms in there. Yes. Okay, so if, it's, if the mediation is done right, all the right terms are mm -hmm. in there... Um, you can't. You don't have to go back to the tenant board to mm -hmm. get an eviction notice. They've breached the repayment schedule, and right. now we can evict. Yeah, and sometimes it works because you might not. You might want to terminate the tenancy, and the adjudicator doesn't let you do that. You know, they say no. We're going to let them pay. They get the eleven days to pay, and all yep. those sorts of things. But sometimes in mediation, you're able to say, "Look, what I want is my money back and this tenancy to end." And so you you work with that. So they're going to either pay you or they're gonna leave, and you might get what you want a little bit easier in with, with mediation. Sometimes it's a waste of time, but sometimes it works. Yeah, got it. Yeah. Okay, so, and then if, if I have a situation come up that I just can't handle, but I don't have property management, I can reach out to someone like yourself and hire someone on your team to yes. go represent me, correct? Yes, yes. Talk to you guys, here's the situation, you yep. guys tell me the fee, and you will go handle it. It's someone on my team would, yes. Yeah, someone on your team will go there and handle the whole whole deal. Yes, yes. But they've never been involved in the property up until that point. Doesn't matter. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. And the designation that person has in Ontario is that they have some... They're a licensee. Licensee. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? They have their paralegal license. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Got it. Mm -hmm. I like that option. Yeah. No, we like that option, but we, we've done the opposite of that before, but now we like that option. We've done the opposite before, but we've done the opposite. I, I just think, too. I think it's important to understand the process, right? So then I, at least, sure. so then if I was speaking with someone on your team and they tell me what's going on, I can kind of understand what's going on and make an educated yeah. decision between That's right. what I want to do as well. So mm -hmm. I'm always a believer of trying to go through the process. If your situation permits to do it yourself, I just think you can hold people accountable better. You understand the process. It's it, You can do your own stuff better. So I just kind of... I'm uh, just I'm laughing that. that we used to go and help represent people at the tenant board. Yeah, <laughs> no, with no idea what we're doing. <laughs> with zero idea what we were doing. But it worked. 
because we were always just honest with here's the documents, you know what? here's what's going but on. But what yeah. we found is that eviction for non-payment of rent is pretty, like a lot of people are scared about it. They think it takes forever to get people out of the property, but eviction for non-payment of rent is pretty cut and dry. Yeah, I always say it's the easiest way to evict a tenant. Yeah, so a lot of people are trying to okay, avoid so the tenant board, whereas we're like, this is, your tenant board, if they're not paying rent, it's your friend. Where it gets kind of, can be difficult is when they're infringing on the enjoyment of the property right. for other people, because then it's like a he, sh- he said, she said thing. And in any court case, it doesn't, not just the, 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 uh, with an adjudicator, doesn't matter what court, when it's he said, he said, she said, you got to figure out there's proof involved and right. they, they have to make a decision. So that's hard in, in any situation. Yeah, not the renter is pretty simple. straightforward. Yeah. I yeah. find that always when people complain about that, it's because they've bought into the story that the tenant is selling them on, you know, like here's how it'll be. Rent is due on the first. But then on the third or fourth or fifth, they realize they didn't get rent. They call the tenant. They play phone tag for two days. Now yep. it's the, you know, and then they finally talk. It's the 10th or 11th, 12th, middle of the month. And then the tenant says, oh, my gosh, you know, I did this happen. This happened. I'll catch up and then I'll pay you next month's rent on time. Then it's the end of the month. Neither of those things happen. They don't catch up. They don't pay next rent. Uh, next month's rent. Phone tag happens back and forth. Now they're already two months delayed. It goes into the third month. Nothing's happened. And the landlord hasn't filed the N4. Whereas if you just have it as a standard business practice that you're a day late that's and you I tell the, yeah, yeah, you tell everyone, hey, here's the N4. So yeah. for anyone listening who hasn't done that, that's the standard document that gives the tenant, is it 14 days? It notice? is 14 days. 14, if it's from a time monthly, of receipt. If it's a tenancy um, based on month to month, there's month different to- time limits if it's a, if it's a shorter term. Tenancy. Okay, got it. I thought we always did 14 days. Yes, but I guess because it's standard. Yours are mostly month to month. Yeah, okay. So 14 days from the time they receive it. So you have to read the documentation to make sure you're mailing it properly or currying it properly or whatever. But then after 14 days, if they don't pay, then you can file an L1. That's right. Is it still $170? How much is it? $175 or $195. So, okay, something like way. that There's to, to uh, take them to tenant board for yep. eviction. Yeah. That process might take you, how long would it take? I know it's different by city. It depends city. on the regions but usually you get a hearing within um i don't know four six four to six weeks okay so four to six we found it faster yeah, but okay let's say six weeks is depends a while yeah. yeah we found it like two to three weeks but let's say no depends. four to six okay it depends hamilton's okay. a long wait is it yep, okay but that's why you have to be on it right away yeah okay so four to six weeks yep. and then after that if they lose let's uh, assume everything goes great you have your documentation they have 11 days usually is what it's the standard seems order to give. that's the standard order mm-hmm. that's right i forgot that's the language standard mm-hmm. order um 11 <laughs> we're day. here for a standard order yeah standard order right yeah, Nick? i forgot all that we're here i just for stand up there and say i don't know i don't have my <laughs> yeah. rent what ha- what do yeah, i do yeah, now yeah yeah <laughs> uh, 11 days to pay and then if they don't pay, so let's go worst case scenario, they don't pay. Right. Then you can take that order to the sheriff at the courthouse in the area, correct? Hire the sheriff to go to the property and the sheriff is mandated to give you vacant possession of the property. Right. So it's you don't just take the order. You actually have to fill out eviction request forms and there's a fee that you have to pay. That's right. The yeah. sheriff fee, which we've done before and I totally forget. It's around three hundred dollars. Three hundred dollars. Three hundred fifty. Okay. I always thought the sheriff was going to be Rambo driving up in a Hummer. (laughs) No, it's. And then the sheriff I first met the first time was in a Ford Taurus with a bulletproof vest on, though. Yes. A, yes. a, a, a Ford Taurus with yeah. a little thing on the dashboard that kind of said like sheriff or something. <laughs> and then he got out and he was at least 75. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I was expecting Rambo. And he came out with the bulletproof vest on and uh, tenants were gone. And he made me sign a piece of paper and we got vacant yeah. possession of the property. It makes it really easy when the tenants are gone. are gone. When the tenants are there and or they've left and they have pets there, 
that's yeah, when yeah, it's really challenging. All those kinds of situations. Yeah. You have to take care of the, the or they leave their stuff because you have to take care of their stuff for a while. 72 hours. So 72 hours. Yep. You have to. And, and then if they call you within that 72 hours, you have to give them access to the home to remove the stuff. Right. Uh, it doesn't have to be access to the home. Uh, but if you've relocated it to either the garage or somewhere where it's not going to get damaged, then yes, you do have to allow them the opportunity. You can't to just get throw it on the front lawn and say, I go wish. get it on the, no. on the no, road. Sometimes. And then what do you do with like, the pets? You have to call animal control. And they just come and take them? Yeah. And you got to pay for that. You, you pay for that, no, I guess? The, the, ten, the tenant would have to pay. They come and they, t- they take it. To get them back, months. the tenants yeah. would have to pay. It's bad. So, um, okay, we've painted a lot of scary pictures about being an investor and a landlord right now. I just want to bring everyone full circle that this overall is a pod of, we still have not seen any anything that is better at helping people live life on their terms than the financial aspect yep. of being, to your story of the guy from Denmark, was it Denmark? Holland, uh, Holland, yeah. thank you. Uh, Holland. Yeah, amazing is, is Holland story. not Denmark? Yeah, it is. is no, Holland Denmark? Holland? Is it? Don't look at me. I'm like, always I'm confused. Confused. You know what, when I hear like Holland, major. Denmark, Netherlands, I'm always disaster. Um, but anyway, from that guy's yes. story to, you know, investors we've worked with over the years. Yes. And, and then when they tell us the stories and the financial difference it's made in their lives. Yes, so we're only has. talking about, yeah, if you're listening to this and you're not an investor, just so you know, we're talking about this so that we all know the worst case scenario and that we all know people like Kelly who can help us. But in the grand scheme of things, it's definitely worthwhile to survive in real estate for longer periods of time because as a financial vehicle, it can be very lucrative and make a, we tell everyone one p- good property can change your financial life. Yes. You know, yeah. so yep. although we've been super negative right now, I feel. It's just um, the dark side of yeah, it. Yeah, totally. And it's actually helpful to know that you have someone that you can go to the, and that there's remedies. we tell everyone. The network is more important than anything else. Your personal yeah. network is, is extremely yeah, valuable. Yeah, and I think there's something like 1.3 million renters in Ontario and I don't know the stats on how many of those tenancies go to the landlord tenant board, but it's a very small fraction. Well, we know from the investors that we've worked with that, it, you know, we don't have the actual numbers, but it is a small, small. it is a small yeah, percentage. It's a very small too. fraction. And the majority of them are pretty, pretty smooth. It is yeah. helpful knowing all this. Most stuff of them are run to rears. Well, it's, yeah, it's just yeah. to have an understanding. And it's because, you know what, otherwise you're, you're scared of the unknown, right? That's right. But look, so I looked this up because we had to know this. So it's it's actually called the Netherlands, and then some king called it Holland, which referred to two provinces in the Netherlands. Oh. So people use also it's kind of interchangeable. When you say Holland, it's two provinces in the Netherlands, and people use it interchangeably. Okay. But now Den- all, Denmark's all a different country. Denmark's a different country. That I knew. Okay. Really? That I, yeah. I get confused, man. Yeah, that happens. You're Dane. Yeah. Okay. Okay, but if you're from Hol- if you're from Netherlands, you're not. What are you? Your Netherlands, you're... You're Dutch, aren't you? Maybe you're someone Dutch. out there can answer that question for yeah. you. Yeah, okay. I don't know why I'm so confused. For some reason, that's baffling my brain. But uh, Kelly, how will, what's the best way for people to reach out to you? Probably by email at my email address, uh, which is khawks at veranova.ca. Can you spell it? Khawks with an E, right? It's H-A-W-K-E-S. So K-H-A-W-K-E-S at veranova.ca. Vera Nova, V E R A N O V A. Thank you, O V A. Dot C A. Kelly, thank you for this. We'll bring you Thanks on again to me. chat more stuff. I'm sure when the marijuana stuff goes live, we're going to have lots more questions oh, for you're you. Gonna sure. uh, you're going to be busy for that one, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. At that time, well, you know, who knows? We might have four plants in here and we're going to guide <laughs> us. Anyway, thank you, Kelly. Appreciate All right. Thanks it. very much.
Hey everyone, it's Tom Kradzis. So I hope you enjoyed the chat with Kelly Hawks there. Um, lots of great information. We'll constantly be doing updates like this, specifically around the marijuana legislation. So stay tuned. And if you're listening to this, and uh, you haven't had the opportunity to subscribe to us on YouTube, on iTunes or wherever you're listening, please do so. If you haven't given us feedback yet and you think there's some value here, please give us some feedback. It's highly appreciated. Um, you can always send an email to podcast at rockstarinnercircle.com if you want to give us any direct feedback. And um, stay tuned for more upcoming episodes on specific topics that affect investors like this. And in the meantime, if you do want more real estate investing information, the best place to go to is rockstarinnercircle.com. You can sign up for our introductory training class there. So if you want to come out and meet us, um, we give a, a, a free training class about once a month right now is the pace that we're doing that. You can come out and check us out there. Those classes tend to fill up, so you'll want to save a seat. And uh, if, or if you just want to read about some blog posts and some articles or get a copy of our free book, whatever you want, Rockstar Inner Circle has tons of information, videos, um, different things that you can explore. So that'd be the web, website. Thanks for listening. Until next time, your life, your terms.